ladies and gentlemen. I made the fade famous, the chain famous. QB on my chest, master stainless. Amazing grace, I'm gracefully aging. Without masonry, I made more paper to play with. No rap in my playlist. Sold dimes on my day shift. So can I breathe? Can I walk? Can I speak? Can I talk? Can I floss without you wanting me outline and chalk? Family gossiping, pocket watching him. Jealousy keeps blossoming. Hey, let it box me in. Cause you are not a king if you can't come out a thing that you got yourself in. Claiming nobody helping. The stupidest part of Now's his back. You never left. You were just a hater. <laughs> Thank you, Mike. You never left. <laughs> Thank you. You're just a hater. Never, never, never. I picked the song. Uh, oh, no credit for picking the song. That's crazy. Nah, Perry should have been had here. A, you had to get it clear. You wasn't confident with the song. You no, I, say, I always send my songs for Corey, approval. Is this good? No, I always send my songs for approval. Don't play with me. Get you know the music Mike, geniuses to my Mike. left and right. <laughs> Mike, come on now. It's, Mike, cute. No. it's cool. It's cool. I never I say know. I like Nas. Y'all know I could recite the same verses y'all nah, can. You disrespecting him won't be. <laughs> and he was. He ain't no good albums. Like. <laughs> I'm lying. You you like what was it? What was it? Lost tapes too. I like some of the songs. Na- Nazir. Uh, Nazir was fire. The one that Kanye did with Kanye. Yeah, it was fire. I say with the straight face. It's fire. Yo, where my where are my sound bites? I don't even have them ready. Yo, look at me. Look at me. I don't know what what didn't you like about the album? What Kanye did with that? Um, the Slick Rick and uh, Richard Price sample was special. It was it was solid. It was solid. <laughs> it was solid. It was solid. I don't think Kanye did him justice. I think I think those were some of the best beats he did. Yeah, but that, that he could have had way better though. For what know. Kanye's done for other people, yeah, but that's that's Nas's vibe though. He's not gonna give him the push your team dope, dope, you know, beats. Like, what is he doing with those? The beats that Hit Boy put on this album are probably some of the best beats Nas has ever had in his entire career. I think that's true. That's true. It's good. These are great songs on this album. Happy, happy. Uh, you know, hear people talking. I'm, I'm glad. I'm glad. I'm glad, yo, because they. It was not. I don't know. I feel like Kanye could have given way better beats to fit his tone and his and his vibe. That's just me though. And the fact that it was only seven songs didn't help either. It didn't help anybody's album. I don't know why they even did that, honestly. But that's fine. They both, they both have 13, 13 solo albums, so we here. <laughs> this is a 13th studio album. Oh, <laughs> uh, man. When uh, Kanye was a, it was a vibe. I don't know, Corey, what you think? Look, I'm I'm a Nas I'm a Nas dude, man. Um, oh yeah, my yeah. Favorite yeah. Song, my favorite, my first favorite hip hop song was One Mike. So I've been Nas since I can remember. Heard it. That's true. I see him the lone, the lone hove nigga at this table. You might be because Illmatic. <laughs> I still think is the one, the, probably the best hip hop album of all time. Oh, but. I would argue. I would argue that too. So we good. Me. Yeah, Mike got it. Steven, I don't know where you be at. That's okay. That's okay. I'm, I'm usually I'm used to be at the table by myself, holding it down for myself. So it's cool. Yo, all right, let's get let's get started. Even 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 a studio audience is coming for Stephen at this point. I'm not even here. It's, no, it's crazy. It's actually crazy. But how you doing, Corey? Man, how's life treating you? Uh, life is good. Um, the weather is crazy right now. That's it. Seems to be crazy across the country. Yeah. Um, and so you know, it's allow it's not allowing us to to be all together today. But other than that, you know, it's it's a work day. I'm a full grown adult now, so I don't got school like y'all. But mm. um. Work every it's work every day. You don't, so you don't even I'm work just tomorrow. To that he graduated, not academic work, not work. <laughs> right. <laughs> Dude, like when he wasn't getting picky too, like we were. <laughs> <laughs> Dude, 
Dude's changed a little switch up in May. Now it's a whole different life. I know. You're frontline working now. We don't know nothing. Central. <laughs> Look, I, I'm working all the time, but um, mm. what else is there to do, really? So that's, that's I true. I mean, you could read. Uh-huh. Yeah. Always read. Corey's I like, did read a book. I finished a book the other day. I finished a book the other day. Don't try to don't try put it. Okay, you got it. You got it. You got it. Yeah, but hey, everything that goes on in the world is kind of, you know, distracting mm. to say the least, you know? Yeah. How you doing, Mike? Absolutely. I'm doing, I'm doing, I'm, I'm preparing for like, you know, next steps in my life, career. Um, Like I said, just because the world is chaotic doesn't mean life stops in that sense. You know, I'm trying to do what I can. Mm-hmm. Again, you know, of course, checking on your friends and family. Um, I need to get better at that too and doing it more often because it's easy to get sidetracked with like everything going on. Mm-hmm. Um, But, you know, still got to do it here, you know, do, try, I'm trying to really manifest the work I'm really trying to do in this world um, and kind of lay out that path for it too. And kind of taking a new, like I'm trying to take a fresh approach to just my career and like, you know, where I want to go, where I want to do, like setting it up, you know, even the applications we're doing right now. So yeah, it always, t- even, even though I, we did it last year, it's still the same amount of work. No, <laughs> that's year. a fact. With a whole, like a whole year of new experiences and everything. But um, I'm appreciative, you know, I just got a good, a good email today, you know, that's yeah. described my like my CV, my resume very mm-hmm. well. So I was like, damn, and that was a good confidence boost, you know. Yeah. Yeah. So, yeah. So I'm doing. I'm I'm I'm, on, I'm back on my building phase. I was on my down phase for a while, but back on the bully. Yeah. That's I, I can't go back down again. I'm, no, trying, no, I'm, no. Trying, I'm trying to keep it up now. So as you should turn turning a new leaf, new stone, whatever you want to call it. <laughs> you know, I'm looking forward. <laughs> Listen, <laughs> man, back we, we in August, Bobby, in September. The year's almost over. Yeah, so. Like that, the Hans always told me, black men don't got time to feel sorry for themselves. Got to keep it pushing. Hey. <laughs> Sounds toxic, but it's not that bad advice. It, it's not that bad. Listen, you know, don't wallow. You know, why are we weeping and dragging your feet when there's work to be done? And you can put, yeah. you can put energy towards that instead of being sad all the time. That's good, man. That's good. Oh, man. Steven, I'm, how you doing? I'm straight. Um, I think this week, this it's only been like a week since we talked, and it's been probably, I, I can't even say the craziest week because this whole year has been crazy. But between, you know, some of the things we're going to talk about with um, Meg and Tory Lanez and um, uh, Mr. Blake, I think that's his name, um, Mr. Blake, who just died recently mm-hmm. in, uh, was it Wisconsin? Kenosha, Wisconsin? No, yeah. no, no, but he's still alive. You no, know, he didn't die. Excuse me. He was paralyzed now. Yeah. He got shot seven yeah, times. Excuse yeah. me. I misspoke. I see, I'm so used to trauma of somebody already dying for those type of things. But, mm-hmm. you know, it's just been a crazy week, and especially with, you know, people trying to, I think it was the, the the white boy who shot two, shot three, killed two protesters in the same city. Um, it's just been a crazy week. Um, there's a lot to digest, I think, even from a mental standpoint. I've constantly, I think, having conversations about people, what, what we could do, and it's, I think it's just one of those, it's just been a reoccurring topic amongst like, you know, people I know, friends, family about like, you know, it's a crazy world we're living in right now. And there doesn't seem to be an end of the hysteria that's going on and just kind of not only how to cope with that, but how to, I guess, do your best to bring about meaningful change. So I'm okay. I think it's just a lot of that's just weighing on my head constantly. And I think about it all the time. So, but I'm here today. Mm-hmm. <laughs> all in all, I'm here today. But. Just a switch. I'm gonna switch gears real quick. Give y'all the recipe yeah. of the week. Yeah, because I can't. I can't. No, I, I was thinking the order in my head. I'm like, I, I <laughs> make sure I ain't make the wrong transition. Next thing, who's calling me? I'm, I'm slacking. I don't know what's going on. After that one episode you did, you've been straight since basically. <laughs> it was only that one. I don't know. It was episode seven or eight, Corey. Yeah, way, 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 way back when we was youngins. We, we was in the, the nice studio. Well, yeah, when we actually had a studio I, to record at. Um, I still remember that. That joint was too funny. We went over it before. <laughs> yeah, was, yeah, it was, it was, I don't know where that information went. It was just gone. 
No, that was bad funny. Uh, nah, that was so funny. Um, nah, but on Restless Peter, we we keeping it real simple for y'all, man. We got a nice crispy chicken sandwich, almost Popeye style, yo. Mm. I'm gonna be dropping the recipe on the pod IG in about a few days, but we got everything. It's like very regular, you know how you do um how we do fried chicken, but we got some you know extra spice for the mm-hmm. um, spicy mayonnaise to get it popping. Um, mm-hmm. so I'm gonna be giving y'all the instructions for that soon. Again, feel free to make it and share it. People say they make it and they get scared to share it. I will not judge you or post <laughs> your um, food without your permission. But spicy chicken sandwich, we're getting it popping. Crispy, too. We're going to have it real crispy. Uh, did you fry it, bake it, or air fry? fry? Mm. I, I should try air fry. I don't have an air fryer. I air fried chicken sandwiches last week. And How did it, it taste? Was, it was good. It was good. Okay. I think you can't. There's you're not really using oil, so you can't like I what I did wrong was I double coated it, you know, I mean, like dipping yeah. the egg in flour twice. That was a good idea. I well, mean, it was good, but like it was the crispy was falling apart. Yeah, no, it wasn't falling apart, but the flour was like still on the chicken even when it was done. Like you know, uh, when it looks oh like yeah, that, when it's yeah. in the chicken, it'll yeah. fry up. Interesting. Yeah. So the chicken was cooked like thoroughly. It was good, mm-hmm. and like even after I ate, it, I felt like nothing. You know how you feel after eating oily foods, yeah. man. I felt it felt good actually, but. I would okay. just like, you know, remember, it can't do everything. <laughs> yeah, you can't do everything. When you gain something, you got to lose something every time. Mm-hmm. So, recipe going out at AD Convos. We'll have that to you real soon, real soon. Steven, uh, your chicken sandwich was a deluxe. It had lettuce and tomato on it. Um, to, be, just, to be nah, seen. I don't just on the buns. <laughs> Listen, man, what, 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 when I drop it, you're going to see, man. There might be some pickles. You you never know. You never know. Okay. I'm, a, I'm a, You know, those are all optional. Um, that you could put on. I know everybody likes it a little different. I know I'm not a big pickle guy. I'd rather have the lettuce and everything else. Um, but I'm gonna give you the options. I'm gonna give you the baseline, the foundation that you could put on whatever you want. No, nah, you gotta put that. It's a deluxe because you can't be putting recipes on our IG. That's just chicken. And no, 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 no. It's gonna be a deluxe. <laughs> I just, you know, this dude trying to play with me. It's gonna be deluxe. It's just not. It, I don't know if it's gonna have everything that you would want, Corey. That's what I'm saying. Okay, okay, mm. okay. That's fine. That's fine. Come on, man. And dudes out here trying to play me. This is crazy. Oh man! So we're going cocktail hour, yo. What cocktail you hour, yeah. What are you thinking about? I guess with all the news in the world, you had to choose one thing to really focus and talk about, right? Mm-hmm. So I think for I think something that was a good idea that we all decided to talk about for this cocktail hour was, of course, the biggest news really and music entertainment. Yeah, I see in, gen- in general, mm-hmm. but um, but you know the whole situation with. Megan releasing a video around last week about IG Live, yeah, yeah, on IG Live, saying describing the event on which Tory Lane shot her in LA and or wherever they were in California, mm-hmm. um, and you know the kind of implications around that because uh, of course a lot of people really specifically focused on and described you know like the um how black women the kind of culture of black women like the misogynoir so misogynoir and how black women, like, violence is conducting against them, and then, like, you know, it was never really taken seriously. I mean, it's more so about how she was harassed. Harassed After the event for lying, calling her a man, like, mm-hmm. all the transphobia. yep. Yeah, all these things that occurred to her. And we all see in our own eyes. Mm-hmm. Like, it's hard to ignore if you're on, like, social media. Yeah. Um, especially if you follow her pages. Um, and how she always responds to it, too, as well. You know, and every time she responded, whether it was on Twitter, IG Live, you know, always something like, definitely she was always emotional. You know about the trauma that she went through. She's still traumatized, and like mm-hmm. a lot of people pointed out too, um, she doesn't have her parents. You know, both her parents unfortunately yes. passed, and I think her grandparents too. Yeah. Um. So she really got her living this young, very young college student. You know, living this very kind of superstar rap career at the same time. Uh, unprecedented. And the, yeah, and the social <laughs> and in the social media area too. Mm-hmm. So that's our cocktail hour. You know. So what are your what were y'all initial thoughts about the whole incident? 
Well, we 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 got the news right after we finished recording last Thursday, yeah. which was like, dang, we could have even talked about it on our last podcast. Um, but when I first heard about it, the, I think I wasn't surprised as much as was disgusted because I think there in my head there was really no other scenario but that happening, right? Mm-hmm. And I think with Meg, and I think she she said it herself on the in IG live, like she was trying her best to try to like really mellow out the situation. Cause her not saying like exactly what happened tells me she was really trying to protect somebody, or she was really trying to like not make this more, not like not not saying, not necessarily make it more than it needs to be, but she was doing her best trying to you know go about it, just keep pushing, keep doing her thing. But I think especially what what she said with somebody trying to recreate a narrative, mm-hmm. it only made sense that it was Tori. It was only a matter of time. I felt like she was gonna say it, but I feel like she was going through so much, it was just wasn't a conversation she wanted to have. Cause I mean, imagine like that transpired so quickly and then to not only drop that additional information like hey this was somebody that maybe she looked to as a friend as a good friend we don't know their relationship Mm -hmm. and that to happen to her and you already know the type of trolls and individuals that exist online i felt like that so overwhelming to her that she needed time to really just collect herself and kind of get secure herself before she told her story yeah so i was i wasn't surprised i suspected it was true otherwise it was what it is but it was more or less disgusted yeah, I knew it was true when you know the most loudest person during our quor- during the quarantine, 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 quarantine. Yeah, was nowhere to be found as soon as the internet you know broke stories. Mm-hmm. Um, so what about you, Corey? Um, I I figured it was true. Um, as well, I don't know why people didn't think it was true. Um, you know why they didn't think it was true? But, <laughs> right. you know um, but for clarification what wasn't she walking away from the scene or from the car or wherever they were at when she was shot or am yeah. i mistaken no yeah that's yeah, what she's correct mm-hmm. so i mean i think for me that was the most frustrating part um whenever there's an altercation when somebody walks away even if it's not resolved even if it's not finished even if you got to come back to it later whatever when somebody's walking away and there's a shooting, I always feel like it's like there's no I don't feel like justification for it. Mm-hmm. Right. It's like, I don't fact. care how mad I am at you. If if you walk away, I might be furious. I might go, you know, hit a wall or something like that or like, you know, call my boys and have to calm down. But I'll deal with it later. I don't think like putting trying to put an end to it with with um, potentially deadly force. Like Every time you pull a trigger there's potentially deadly force. Mm-hmm. Um, you're not, people could say, Hey, I, I shot them. I meant to shot, shoot them in the foot. or I meant to shoot them. No, when you pull that trigger, you, you it's been the you're way, liable like, for everything. I, yeah, exactly. I, I mean, those things are, they're only made to kill things. I know why we pretend like they can be used for any other lesser fashion than that. Exactly. And so for me, finding out that she was walking away, um, obviously I didn't really feel like it was justified to begin with, but I didn't know the story. But when I found out that she was walking away as part of the story i felt like yo this is this is just crazy um yeah that was that was really it for me like she's walking away like finish it whatever whatever was going on it really doesn't matter she's walking away yeah mm-hmm, mm-hmm. i agree because that's my problem not with even in the situation in general but just like the larger culture of humanity i don't know why i just know why there's always like an incessant need to always justify violence. Like people mm-hmm. will break their necks to explain like why someone needed to be violent to someone else. And yeah. I don't understand why that always has to Especially be. Especially if when violence is not even inflicted upon them. That's yeah. really the key thing, right? Yeah, here. like it's always like, you know what, oh, I thought I was in danger, so I have a right. That's how that's mm-hmm. how far that's how sensitive it is. Like, you know, the, the justification for violence. 
And like you know, there's like people don't really take a moral stance. It's really against it. Never. We, 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 like you know, a lot of people just claim like you know Martin Luther King, oh, pass, peaceful Gandhi. You know, back then they don't know Martin. That one movement, he tried this one thing one time, and you know, clearly that was his only message because he got what he wanted. So he mm-hmm. go back to be violent after yeah. that. You know, and so I, I just don't understand why um, a lot of men online decided to go around harassing. Megan Thee Stallion, where you know, in any situation, why would a man shoot be shooting a woman? Exactly, understandable. Why, like, oh, I don't care how big she is, mm-hmm. doesn't and, matter, it and, doesn't and that's matter. what the narrative yeah. was trying to run with before she even came out. As, they was trying no, to yeah. say, You're big oh, as a tall, yeah, yeah. Tall. Was trying to say, uh, oh, Tori was little, he felt threatened. It was like, what does that even mean? Yeah, like your life was even endangered by any sense of capacity. So, I that's just my issue with it personally. Yeah, no, I think the second part, just diving before we slide into even our topic, was even afterwards, right? And I, like I said, the trolls were going to come out regardless, which mm, I of think was one culture. of the reasons why she kind of like held her tongue and tried to like, I think, strengthen herself to even talk about this, was people trying to create an analogy, um, <laughs> essentially create an analogy between um, the 6 9 situation where he admitted he's snitching versus her um, snitching on Tory, try to create some type of like you know street code. People who've never been in the streets, never mm-hmm. you know held a gun, never been in those type of situations, trying to some of them be know, like thirteen years old. You know the street well, like the street commandments on Twitter, trying to list them out for people as if they don't understand how life works. Um, yeah, you know, I just have a couple of opinions on that. I agree. First of all, a lot of people don't really know what that life is like by any means, and nothing you be on the internet talking about you know something doesn't mean you listen to the music. That's yeah, why. I know <laughs> they're Nas. God forbid. Uh, you listen to something, I must listen to something like, you know, Irish step dancing. Now I'm an Irish <laughs> literary person, but everyone knows black culture and every, everyone has something to say. And also, for one thing, people weren't as mad about the 6 9 thing as they were, but as far as like the snitching thing goes, you know, yes. as they were about Megan, Meg. you know, just falsely snitching and whatever. First, first and foremost. Um, second of all, 6 9 is a snitch. He was in court snitching to the federal op. Like, there's this they documented the thing. They, they had, had drawn pictures, like real court doc- drawn pictures of him, rainbow hair and everything, six nine tattooed on the hand and everything, mm-hmm. cooperating with the feds. And different with six nine. See, this is why I I hated people because, like, you know, I actually grew up in the hood, and I just mm-hmm. I, like I understand like that type of world. And when you not for he's not from that life. We all know we saw all yeah. six. There's a whole bunch of pictures with six, six nine before he became his persona. Um, when you're not a part of that life. And then you try to act like you are a part of that life. And then you go out and hang out with real gang members. Mm-hmm. And, like, you know, you say that you're, he was trade-weighing up, right? Video, Chief Keith, you know, I'm going to shoot your mom around. I'm in, I'm in your hood. He was doing everything. Five-second video on IG and then bounce. Exactly, exactly. He'd be in there at 3 a.m., exactly. But when you do all that, you're saying that this is the life that I'm choosing. Mm-hmm. And to you, you, it might be a performance. But these are people's actual lives. I don't care if they kidnapped you, da da da. But you, to me, like you actually be a part of that world because mm-hmm. you thought that this was cool. You know, you thought you could just make a video and then walk away and there's gonna be nothing. I can associate myself with Whatever. people who are actually living this lifestyle, mm-hmm. and I can just be a part of it without you know having no repercussions of what that lifestyle actually brings. Mm-hmm. And then for you to go and then y'all get arrested because whatever happened, and then you in court, and then you go and flip on telling those people that you said yourself you were aligned to. Because they they caught you like and you you weren't protecting yourself in those situations, that Come is a snitch. On, exactly, that is a snitch. That is completely different from a woman being shot from walking away from a car, like Corey said, and then telling <laughs> you know? people what happened. Yeah, you know, and even even after protecting him during the when the police came, and in I, that I don't even think they said she filed a formal report. The police, mm, unless yeah, mistaken, she, she, 
if, yeah, if I'm not mistaken, she wasn't initially cooperating. Yeah, and she was trying to protect. And yeah. she said she, you know, a situation where, you know, you got multiple black people in the car, mm. what's going on in our country. She's Washington, bleeding. Yeah. She's bleeding. What's she going to tell them? There's a gun in the car. And then they pull up with, what, 20 SWATs? Then what are they going to say next? That's a different news story. Yeah. That's a completely different news story. Now we're having a separate conversation. So. Yeah, so that whole 6 9 Megan parallel doesn't make sense. So I I don't know I I saw I saw the commentary on that and I just had I just you know clicked on the profile looked at the who the person was and I look at the rhetoric and I'm just like it all makes sense the person don't know what they're talking about oh like Twitter or something yeah if Twitter Instagram Listen, like if y'all open Twitter and you see anything that's an account made after 2016 don't argue <laughs> like after on. 2016 there's, no, there's nothing to be said <laughs> at that point that's that's the Twitter cutoff date man yeah. I don't even know if you're not on Twitter if you're not if I don't see like 2011 2012 2008 yeah, OGs. I don't, you gotta you gotta be you gotta be real watchful with some of them accounts. That's all I'm gotta say. No, that's uh. nah, but I, I mean that that all definitely makes sense. Again, mm-hmm. I wasn't like y'all know I wasn't too big into what happened with the six nine incident. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But I don't I don't consider people that are telling their story when something like this happens. Again, you walking away from a car, you try to initially give protection to to this person and ultimately you tell you tell your story i don't necessarily see that in the same light as you said drawing pictures we in rooms with the feds right those those are two very different names <laughs> yeah, like. very different lanes um so I, I never even looked at it like that so the fact that i heard those comparisons i'm like we comparing meg to six nine right i didn't i didn't know the six nine thing but i knew what snitch meant yeah right and, so and the capacity like, of which it was <laughs> So, you know, especially like a rapper from New York who just went and went to jail for seven years, uh, Bobby Schmurder. And he didn't do that, you know, and he, he took more time so his friend could take less time. Yeah, he didn't get that parole, did he? I don't have anything. I don't think he got it. I would, that was supposed to be a couple weeks ago, right? Yeah, it was like yeah. two or three. They kept saying, like, yeah. in this two yeah, he had a hearing. I don't know. If I, I didn't think I, he was I, didn't, I didn't follow it. up on it. I just, because he's getting released in December. They're going to hold that man to December. They went that man to 2021. That's crazy. Yeah. Segue like straight into our topic about violence. Especially violence that we've been seeing against women. And oh, his parole hearing got delayed until September fourteenth. Got delayed? Yeah. For an undisclosed reason. But if his if he's getting released in December, he has his parole. And actually if you're in jail, you whenever he get out you can get yeah. out. I'm about to say I'm <laughs> so capping. People are hoping, hoping. That's okay. the operative word for like early release, but we don't know. Okay. Damn. What was it, twenty fourteen? Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. That was right after I graduated. Damn. That's 2014 summer, and that's when uh, Hot Boy came out. Mm-hmm, yeah. It was that and what, Bobby? Bobby, bitch. Yeah. 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 That's when uh, Rowdy dropped computers, too. Mm. Yeah, New York was living that summer. It was having fun. New York lived every summer, honestly. That was mid to high key. Mid to high key. Oh, damn. Well, I don't... I don't <laughs> I don't, like even still thinking about the situation it just makes me kind of sick. It's just like it's gross. It's gross. But I'm gonna let us segue into our topic. We was talking about violence, um, especially um, what's been going on in the world recently um, over the last few months. And I don't think let's just to put some more context on it. It's not necessarily that we're just witnessing this violence. This is violence that existed centuries <laughs> prior to our existence on this earth. This is just kind of a repetition of that violence that we kind of see in our society even mm-hmm. if it transforms to something different the weapons change how the violence carry out same but the result you know it's the same as damage to another individual um and i think one of the first things i was going to ask you guys is thinking about you know growing up did you ever like 
be exposed to like violence, especially violence against women as a young age, whether it be through media or within something in your community, or is that something kind of like you were opened up to later on as you grew up? Which is a loaded question. I yeah, I, I, th- I, I have to think. I, I ask triple loaded questions. I'm very, I'm very, I'm very triple Barry Gary working interview. Yeah, Steve Lane like, would be disappointed, man. <laughs> <laughs> um, if I could think back, I don't think I was exposed to it. You know, until very late in you know my adolescence, um, likely through media first, if I can remember correctly, mm-hmm. um, it's certainly not something I've seen directly. Again, you don't know what happens behind people's closed doors, so I'm not yeah, I'm not true. assuming anything. But at least in terms of like outward displays, I did I did not see violence against women. Um, violence as a whole was something that you know you saw in the news, you heard about. Um, but you know, again, being being shielded a little bit from that, but certainly no violence against women that I can remember uh, growing up. Um, I think you know you saw the little altercations in like middle school where where dudes got a little brolic, but again, they settled down, right? It was never to the point where you know anything was ever to a physical extent that I remember at all growing up. Yeah, I agree. I don't. I don't think I. I didn't definitely didn't see it like in my family growing yeah. up. Well, like Corey said, who knows? I don't even know behind closed doors. I was a kid, um, but I'm not. But even though I, like even though I'm trying to remember high school, but I don't think I've seen a man hit a woman, and I don't think I see that in my in person in my life. When I'm really thinking about it, mm-hmm. I don't think I've ever seen it. I've been open to it, of course, through TV Media, shows, TV yeah. shows, yeah, and stuff like that. I've, I, the concept came to me probably definitely early, probably my early adolescence, um, but. Nah, not not my 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 physical reality. I mean, I've seen women be you know, I've seen massaging in person. I've seen women get disrespected and mm-hmm. you know treated as lesser than in homes and households and stuff like that. But I never not physical violence. It's funny. I think um I've seen a lot in media, but I think I've seen even a considerable amount maybe like in middle school and high school. Mm-hmm. Um, like especially in situations where like a brother didn't know his place, and you know thought he can get away with slit talking and I, the women I've known you know my my community my high school had no problem fighting to do right and unfortunately some of the brothers had no problem hitting back mm-hmm. you know what I'm saying but I think even from a media perspective I think I've always seen that aggression against women right that kind of like yes, I see, do, yes you know what I'm yeah, saying yeah, that justifiable aggression like you know you grab a woman you hold her you grab and shake that's why I'm not, I'm not just holding violence to like the striking the shooting oh, okay, I'm thinking okay. about that, even, that, that's what I was thinking yeah about. I'm thinking about even the you know the overt physical um, dominance over women being exerted, actually, right? Or the verbal, the, the verbal, especially the verbal. Yeah. The verbal is the most the, common. You know, verbal is the most common. But yeah. I just remember, especially like you know, old sitcoms and stuff like that. You know, you see, um, you also come. You're watching shows from the nineties. It's, it's kind of crazy. Thing, you yeah. know, you see the father like backsmack his wife or something, or like you know, shake the woman, or like you know, a lot of aggressive things. And then you know, it always tap tap dances back to that romantic component of saying, "Oh, I didn't mean to do that. I love you." Right. And I think in some form of fashion, we witnessed that, you know, toxic level in relationship kind of manifests itself differently through relationships over the last 20 or 30 years as we've grown as individuals. But it still exists. Right. And I think one of the things I really, really noticed is that and this goes back to even the Tory Meg thing was what people like to do when there's violence enacted on a woman is try to find justification for the violence as if, you know, people can't create violence because they feel like they should, right? Mm-hmm. It was because, you know, the, I think the first memes or those little gifts or tweets that came out was, like, showing Tory sitting on a chair, and then he stand up and he was the same height. 
And it was just running with the narrative that, oh, Tori's kind of short. You know, he was nervous. Something was going on. She was probably beating him up. And he had to. He had to. And it's, you know, I think people just like to create the justification for the violence rather than to look at it and say, no, this was not needed. Rather than say this isn't it, they look for a reason why they could have done it. And it's kind of the same thing we'll see with, like, police, police brutality, too. Mm. Um, in the same span, I think. I think oh, go ahead. Go ahead. Yeah. No, you good. I'm gonna get my little my little philosophy back, but it reminds me of like stuff of like like when someone chooses an action, mm-hmm. or like really because like really what they was doing, what they're doing, and like the situation you're describing is like or we see on you see if you're on social media, Twitter, you see it all the time, and yeah. Facebook, Twitter, everyone got an opinion when something happens. Uh, for when you're justifying it, or uh, at all times, honestly, people are projecting. Mm-hmm. Um, they're projecting like what they would do in the situation because. When someone chooses an action, they're they're not only saying like you know this is not something I believe is the correct thing to do. This mm-hmm. is what I think other people ought to do in this situation as yeah. well. You know, and whether you're consciously thinking that it's not, that's where other people are taking that. Especially clearly children. You know, mm-hmm. if children sees you growing up and you beating your wife, then they're, they're gonna, if, especially if they're boys or if they're women, they're gonna take that in very specific messages. Mm-hmm. Um, but when they're projecting about that, you know, they're that's you know they're trying to say like you know I would do that in the same situation. Like, I mm-hmm. understand, you know, if some tall one bucked up on me, I'm gonna pull my gun out too because that's what I gotta defend myself. Yeah, you know, and that's and that's the part. And, and there's a fear that exactly, if they, if but that's the part most people deny that saying that they would do it too. Mm-hmm. They don't want to say that because people don't want to hold accountable for who they are. That's and, uh, you have to always remember that. That's the mm-hmm. I'm always <laughs> underscore for every human, most humans. I can say about a lot of them. Uh, they not, people don't like to be held accountable. They, you, no one likes to be pointed right in the face and say, you did this, and these are your actions, and you mm-hmm. should own up to it. You yeah. know, you know, God, God forbid. You know? <laughs> We'd be in a whole different society if they, you know, more open to, if we were more open to... Uh, Accountability. Like, yeah. Yeah, so. no, I think I agree. I think, you know, I originally answered the question assuming, like, this dramatic physical violence, right? Yeah. But when we talk <laughs> about arguments, when we talk about domination, when we talk about, you know, power dynamics, right? Of course, you know, we've seen that throughout our lives in movies in person right i think even sometimes it's just a look right if a if a husband gives a wife a look and it creates that fear of like, like we don't a know past. we don't we exactly yeah we don't know what happened behind closed doors but we see the look and she's like slide over her seat or she already know that you know she look nervous like afraid yeah dinner's coming yeah whatever exactly and so i think that becomes like for a child growing up like you're raised or you know most people are raised you know, you never hit a girl. And then as you get older, you never hit a woman. Mm-hmm. Right. And so for me, that was something that I never questioned. So I remember like watching Love and Basketball and the little uh, like rolling, rumbling around scene that they had on the grass. I'm like, yo, this dude, like, like what's going on? Right. Um, but like you, you've seen it. And then as you got older, um, you saw it in glimpses in school, like you said, you know, holding girls arms down or whatever like trying to trying to dominate like yo you're not gonna hit me today but i think a lot of it came from that desire for all arguments to be finalized in the moment yeah and i think it i think it reflects a little bit in the tory lane situation and i and like i said before for me i don't need an argument to be finished right now if it gets heated enough like and somebody walks away finish it later Mm. right but i think a lot of times it's like yo no what's going on right now is going to be finished right now and that might mean somebody leaving with a black eye. That might mean, you know, somebody getting hit. That might mean, you know, somebody hair getting pulled. What whatever the case is. And I think that that's the unfortunate part. Everybody wants to have the final word. And I think, you know, now, and I'm not saying this is right, I'm not saying this is wrong, 
both sides of the table want that final word. Men want the final word. Women want the final word. And when somebody, it's not everybody could have a final word. And I'm not saying somebody that's right should have it, somebody that's whatever. But sometimes I just feel like arguments can't be finalized when there's heated emotion. Mm. Well, what about? I think that that leads to violence often. Mm-mm. I think isn't there the, like a not like an old saying, but something about you know shouldn't go to sleep mad type of thing. I don't think I don't know if it was Paris who was talking about it. Somebody was talking. Yeah, it's about a, it. like a proverb. Man. Yeah, about going yeah. to bed upset because you never know what can happen. You know what happened next? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Exactly. I, I, I hear mean, what you're saying, think, Corey. I think I think again, you know, to echo, I think it was Paris that said that, but I've heard it before, right? You should never go to sleep angry. Mm-hmm. Um, but you know, going to sleep angry and still finishing an argument in the moment can still be different things, right? Yeah. I don't care if you argue right before bed. Yo, I need 15 minutes. Right. Mm-hmm. I need 10 minutes and then we'll we'll come back and address it because sometimes all it takes is a is a walk away from the moment to be like, yo, what am I like? This ain't necessary. Like, you know, what am I doing again? You know, it's easy to think about this in like a calm setting, uh, a sober setting, uh, you know, a light setting. But I can imagine when emotions get into it, it it's very hard to think about. Mm-hmm. But I think a lot of it comes from, you know, going back to those innate values. And for me, one of those innate values was I don't care how mad you get. I don't yeah. care what the situation is. You don't lay your hands on a woman. And that, and that was my innate value that I always went back to. So I, I guess the next question is, right, I think a lot of this type of violence is deep rooted, right? A lot, of, a lot of problems we have in society are rooted in the the culture that we've manifested or the people, not we, but well, we, yes, Tra- but, tradition, yeah. yeah, traditional manifest as well. I guess one, and I think one of the biggest things, I think something you constantly see or even at least asked by people in general, especially women is like, you know, who's going to hold these people accountable and how are you going to hold them accountable? Right. And I think one of the biggest things we saw um, with the Tory Meg situation was that I think, I can't remember what had happened with um, how much people wanted to talk about Meg's verse on, um, was it WAP? Or how many, yeah. everybody's commentary on WAP, yeah. and everybody had three cents in a bag of chips, and this is bad for rap, this is bad for music, everybody has something to say. bad for my daughter. Bad <laughs> for my daughter. My daughter shouldn't hear this. I don't know why she listened to it, even though we know- Dude, Dudes made whole 45-second minute videos. You know, they was on TikTok with it. It had every outlet on form, and then, you know, now even two weeks later, when this thing comes out, you know, what it said, you can't, it's, you know, silence, as they say, you know, you can't find the rappers, you can't find the people in the music industry, you can't really find nobody to talk about it. Um, and I've always low-key thought that, you know, one of the reasons why um, rappers who rappers are like ghosts or like afraid to even tackle these things, I think they themselves can look back at situations they've been in that are similar. And if they try to come up here as some type of like, you know, righteous and I shouldn't say this, you know, all it takes is, you know, three tweets for somebody from your past to tell you like, what are you talking for? You do this too. You know, and I think that's the real reality. I think, one of, it's not as much as they don't want to say anything. I think it's true. I think a lot of people like to be passive and it's not my business type of thing. But I also think a lot, not a lot, but there's some of these rappers out here who are guilty of the same thing. And maybe we just never found out about it. But they, they don't have the stance or the um, the right, I guess, to kind of speak on this type of issue. Mm-hmm. At least from a, 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 a large standpoint, from like a not global, but industry standpoint. So I've, that's one thing that I was I was always thinking about too, but I, I just want to say thoughts. one thing one thing mm-hmm. real quick, um, and it sort of relates to this. But I think as much as you know, you could look on Twitter, you could look on Instagram, you could look wherever. As much as we talk about growth 
right? Everything, you know, is a post about, hey, I want to grow. I want to change. I want to develop, right? We are not people, you know, not not like black people, white people, but I think just people in the social media generation Mm -hmm. that tend to acknowledge growth and development. Give space for Mm -hmm. it. Well, not even to give space. I think we give space for it, but I think when it happens, we still like to refer to the past. Mm-hmm. So say, you know, hey, I, I met Steven in, in 2016, right? Say we didn't talk again until 2020. Mm-hmm. I can't expect Steven from 2016 to be the same Steven from 2020 if we hadn't talked during that whole period of time, yeah. because that's how growth works. But if I met Steven in 2020, why would I continue to bring up things from 2016 if I see that Steven has changed? And I think, again, like going back to why rappers don't speak, if somebody comes up 20 years later and tries to, you know, relate and say, hey, what Tory did was wrong, and we continue to bring up things from 2003 and we talk about growth all the time, right? I think that becomes problematic because it doesn't allow anybody to be to speak because nobody's mm-hmm. perfect, yeah. right? If people acknowledge, oh, this is what I did, this is what I've seen through my growth and this is why I'm speaking out about it. And we can't, you know, accept it for that. Nobody's ever going to speak. Why yeah. would you? Mm-hmm. Because you're just going to keep bringing up old stuff. Yeah. Every, I wouldn't. I, <laughs> Corey would be ghost. Corey, you wouldn't be able to find Corey. I'm screaming. Nah, I, I, I feel you, Corey. I think it's like two different things that go into that to like specifically that phenomenon you're talking about. I think the first is, like the influence of Christianity on like American culture. Mm-hmm. Uh, of course, everyone in this country is not Christian by any means, but it's yeah, a large it's Christian a, country. It's, yeah, a, it's a national a large, religion, quote unquote. Yeah, in, in, the, in the country with freedom religion, crazy. Mm. But either way, it's a lar- it's like you know it's a Christian normative country. We we all know that. Um, but that whole idea of like the original sin and like you know like that that wrongness being attached to you. Unless there's like some type, of, like you said, some type of evidence of change or repentance, you know, or retribution to society, um, your people are not going to think otherwise. Um, not that people acknowledge that latter half of it, but the first half they do. Like you know, this wrongness that's always a part of somebody, and I think also goes to like this, like the culture of like mass incarceration here. Yes. Um, like you know, we've seen people do one wrong and they're criminals. And, for and when, life. And people don't talk about it enough. Yeah, exactly. But when you come back after from being a criminal, you become disenfranchised. You're not like a normal citizen anymore, you know, especially if you're a felon. Um, more or so if you're a felon. But, you know, you lose so many different rights and stuff like that. So mm-hmm. these people are always treated because they did this wrong, whatever that wrong is. I'm not, I'm not getting specifics of the wrong. Yeah. But, you know, no matter what the wrong is, they are coming back to like, you know, I can't vote, you know, I can't do this, you know, I can't really get jobs like that because I'm, I did this wrongness, I don't deserve to even, even I, even if I did 15, 20, 25, 40, mm-hmm. 80, doesn't matter how many years you did, you still come out with the same you're, lesser you're, rights You're, you're paying a life sentence on your life, even yeah. if you're not in jail, that's what yeah, really essentially. it really You know, and like, I'm not even getting to the racism, the racism of the system and all these mm-hmm. disenfranchised people, but I think both of those things go into it, you know, like I, I said the same thing. Um, people and because when we talk about prison abolition too mm-hmm. and I said that you know what we're going to have to do is like redefine what justice means to like our to us to our culture yeah. you know not that I'm against prison ab- abolition by any means I'm still reading and learning so I'm not going to take no stance on it um, but I think that if we're going to if we're going to say like prison is not here then we need other ways like you know what does it mean to have a person who don't who does wrong to someone or someone else in our society, you know, because mm-hmm. like that whole eternal banishment thing is clearly like inhuman, you know. Yeah. 
and I'm not gonna get into more because that conversation goes too many different directions. Yeah, prison. Yeah, yeah, no. Because because actually, do are so technically inhuman. But Corey, I agree with you, man. <laughs> so I just wanted like I always had those ideas. Always like I understand because like exactly, I see the same yeah. thing, especially with internet culture too. And we have to remember this is a whole new culture for like human beings and everyone that's on like social media, even us three right here, is a whole different identity <laughs> than who we are. Like yeah. you know, in our day to day, like you know, not mm-hmm. in a bad way, but people are, are we're manufacturing, well, manufacturing, excuse me, a social self that's different. You know, and for a lot of people, they put a lot into them on Twitter. They don't put yeah. your face on the random funny name and, <laughs> I, you know, random random name, That's little avatar, wrong. cartoon avatar. And I'm going to town. <laughs> you know, same letter a, I want. Maybe I have a Sasuke and I just remember and I'm like, oh, I think it's Najee or something. That's not funny. You know, it's funny. Like very, 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 very side note um, from a serious conversation. Every time I see like a viral tweet. Mm-hmm. And like the picture is like an anime or a cartoon. The tweet's yeah. always funnier, <laughs> like every time. <laughs> no, I think when it's a viral tweet about something like a person or identity, and the person changes their Twitter identif- um, identity mm-hmm. so it fits the tweet itself. Like when the owl flew into the police car and it said yes. Oh like, yeah. <laughs> it's like people just are so quick and witty on social media. It's crazy, but mm-hmm. sidetracked. Yeah. Um, no, but I think what you guys both said made sense. And for I think for the most part, I agree. I think uh, the one thing, this was, I don't know if I even asked this, is like, I guess what's the best way we could hold people accountable in our in our vicinity about mm-hmm. these type of things, right? Because, mm-hmm. I, I, you know, you can only do so much to change the random old person from Oregon, or I just said Oregon just because, but like, you know, I think there's responsibility okay. that you have with people in your vicinity, and then hoping and having that at least translate to something that can reach people who aren't in your vicinity, right? Mm-hmm. So what you're teaching influence other people who influence other people and so on and so forth. You got like this neural links thing kind of going on in a sense. And this is open open question. So mm-hmm. need a I, second. But I, I, when, I, when, I, you, when you ask, oh, my fault. I just want to clarify the question you're before good. Mike mm-hmm. Um When you talk about change their mindset, are we going back to like the violence piece or are we talking about just like, how they look at change and growth. no, I'm, I'm going to the not necessarily looking at change. That's that's even a bigger topic because you know you, there's okay. a lot to change. You know, there's a multiple facets of things that mm-hmm. need to change to somebody for it to create the change. I'm thinking more at the violence portion, right? Um, because I think you know somebody. I think somebody of um, like our peers, right? I don't think you have. I think you have to be stupid with. I don't want to say with no disrespect because I, I kind of mean it. You have to I be mean, stupid. Stupid is kind of um, You know what I'm saying? Like, in, in a slightly respectful way. Um, I think you have to be stupid. <laughs> so, why y'all laughing? I don't know how stupid. I don't know how someone can tell me I'm stupid and I'm going to take that non disrespect. <laughs> he said slightly respectful way. I never heard that before. But be able to look at violence and try to disregard it as a not being violent thing. Mm-hmm. I think it's very easy to recognize a violent act and acknowledge it as being violent. I think the second portion is, you know, how do we acknowledge the accountability of not only the person involved, but I think us as a society, because, you know, it's men who are... on all of us. Yeah, yeah. it's men who are usually perpetrating this violence as much as we want to tap dance around it, like, on what's his face, Tariq Nasheed, trying to say Tory Lanez is not really a black man, he's a foreign black man. (laughs) (laughs) You know, us trying to dodge the accountability of who's enacting this violence at the end of the day, you know, it's being done. Whether the example wasn't there for you or there, there, we can find these examples. And how we go about saying, you know, not only this wrong, right, but, you know, we're not going to tolerate that, right? Mm-hmm. And I think one of the, the things that kind of get misconstrued is, like, you know, we can't tell somebody we, we're not tolerating violence by enacting this violence. I think that kind of low-key defeats the purpose because mm-hmm. you're just reinstilling a, a known value within somebody that this is how I'm going to get my way with violence. I think it's making it worse. You're actually you know what I'm making saying? violence more ambiguous. Exactly. Yeah. And I think that's our go-to as humans to say, oh, somebody 
you know, hurt this person. Oh, now we got to go. We got to go fuck them up. Like, you know, and, and, it's, and, and it's ingrained in our society. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? I've been saying, man, we've yeah. been we've been struggling with the concept of fairness for a very, 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 very long time. It's, that's what justice really is. You know, what is what do people deserve? Like, yeah. So, I mean, it's not, it's not much. As, um, I have to say, I wanted to give it like I've been talking. I wanted to yeah. just open the floor in terms of like uh, best ways we can. At least people within our generation, especially the generations younger than us, so they don't they grow up to be better than us. Mm-hmm. You know, how do we go about handling accountability of like actions like that within mm-hmm. our within our you know social circles or the vicinities that we uh, we occupy? Yeah, I, I have a short. Okay. Can I? Can I? Can I? My fault. My I keep. Nah, no, you good. You good. We know we both like to raise our hand first. Um, it's all right, man. <laughs> <laughs> but I just wanted to add a second piece to the question. I think okay. it's a perfect you know, segue for the question, but how do we go about holding this accountability? Mm. Also understanding how moments like this situation continue to impact the relationship that black men and black women have. Mm. So I think like that's an intentional piece that I just wanted to add to that, like a second layer to that question. So are you saying how like it plays a role or. So like, how do we continue to hold black men accountable, mm-hmm. right? Or like people accountable when there's violence, understanding that moments like this Tory and May continue to perpetuate the, oh, black men don't care about black women. Black men don't protect black women. So mm-hmm. how do we keep continue to hold accountability while still acknowledging like, yo, these are anomalies, right? These aren't, you know, mm-hmm. the norm. And mm-hmm. how do we continue to, to continue to strengthen that relationship that we have with black women? Okay. Okay. Corey, I asked triple A question. Corey just put cherries on on top of my questions. Look, look, we had we had a we had a request to talk about black women, so I'm bringing. Oh, black we've women had a request today. quite quite many times. I'm always happy. To. <laughs> I, mean, I didn't look over there, so no. <laughs> don't look at me. Um, but no, I was I was just saying, like you know, I I have a short answer for the well for the first part. Um, and just like two parts to it. For one, I think that courage is needed to um, kind of how do we stop the violence? So, mm-hmm. for the courage, if you're actually seeing a physical act of violence, of course, you know, step in and yeah, you know, yeah. if you're literally seeing it, don't let it slide because if mm-hmm. you're letting it slide, you're making it acceptable. Um, and thinking and that the perpetrator is going to keep thinking, like, oh, no one's not going to stop me if I do this, so I'm mm-hmm. just going to keep doing it, even around other people, which is even worse than I don't know which one's worse. They're, they're all violence, but you know what I mean. Um, and the second part too is like what I always say. To, uh, my advice is like a lot of people is like you just have to stand in that truth that like you know this a better world is when we when, when you stop this type of violence and mm-hmm. the gender violence against women. Um, it's been and you know this goes this goes into the third part, but like between the black male black woman because I hate when like some black men say or you know that that when we focus on black feminism or black feminism and to say it mm-hmm. takes away from the overall black movement too at the same time. That's black or when you focus on Yeah, when you focus on like LGBT rights, you know, it takes away from the black movement because mm-hmm. why are we being quote unquote separated and divided mm-hmm. to at the same time and it's really nonsensical to say something like that. So stupid. Yeah. Yeah, no, I'm, just going, exactly, I'm, I'm exactly, playing with exactly. you, but yeah. I can yeah. be more condescending, <laughs> but I'm trying no, to be no, no, you know, you're more reserved. Me. You know me. Are you yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, and because like it doesn't make sense. Like, like, well, people have to, well, with those black men, as far as, you know, to Corey's part, well, like, what you have to understand is that black women cannot, you know, you want them to say this is distracting from the overall black movement, like Black Lives Matter, blah, blah, blah. you're going to say that when, like, you're showing, you're expecting them to show up when the violence is committed against black men, right? Yeah. Correct? Every time. Yeah. Mm-hmm. You know, when there's marches, blah, 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 rights, you know, we're holding meetings, we're right doing whatever. Side. Any organizing, type, yeah. Any type of grassroots organizing, you know, we are if we're, we're saying we're one black community, we're expecting black women to show up. How are you going to show up if she just got beat down before she left her house? How is she going to show up if she's murdered in the, in the street? If she's being sexually assaulted, mm-hmm. 
Mm-hmm. I, we want her to you want her a bright a bright mind, bright spirit, bright advocacy to show up and, and shake, shake it all off. Shake it all off and come to work. And those, and the crazy thing is is that they have been doing that in their entire existence. Mm-hmm. It's been shaking it off and trying to still show up and fight for themselves mm-hmm. and try to carry the weight of fighting for, for others fight too. Up, yep. At the same time, why when they keep saying because people don't listen and listening is actually a very critical skill to being in the you know happy society. People don't have. Yeah, any exactly. capacity. Um, but you have to understand that they, you're asking to do the extra five miles of the work while trying to stop violence within their own homes or happening to them in their own minds, you know, mm-hmm. or in the workplace, you know, all these. They're already that's, they're dealing with the same racism. They also have sexism that comes to them and very and very and very different forms in social places, in the church, home, school, you name it, on the playground, whatever it is, yeah. you know, and all like, facets of their life, all of it, and, are, and all different types of violence at all times. Mm-hmm. You know, and so how is that going to, how are you going to say that it's taken away from it? They need liberation too. Honestly, they're the most, they face the most injustices. So they, if when the black woman's liberated, then we're all liberated, mm-hmm. to be honest. Um, and that has to be the mind. So that's the truth I'm talking about. Like, you know, I, I me personally, I have to believe that that's the better world. Yeah. And I'm got like, I'm not afraid to say like to y'all or on this podcast, whoever hears it mm-hmm. type of thing. Like, that's the truth. Like, you know, we can't, it's not, it's not, it's never going to happen. It hasn't happened. Like, yeah. you know, black women are not collectively happy. They're successful. They strive. They do what they dream. They still do everything that we do, mm-hmm. but they're still facing this extra layer of violence, what they are saying. And, but if we can, you have to open up and listen to it, you know, and you need that courage of not only, you know what, all this conversation, I've been having this Bell Hooks quote in my head. Yeah. And because I read her book, The World to Change. And in the beginning, or and no, in the beginning, she said that, I'm a paraphrase, I can't remember exactly, but she okay. said, we all have like the will to change within us. Um, it's the will to change that, that makes us go out and seek help, but it's our resistance to change that makes us deny the help that we seek out in the first place. And so that's like that internal struggle between like, you know, when you want to like, like say, I, I want to be a better man, but also mm-hmm. people or humans are naturally afraid of like change and like not having security of self. Yeah. You know, and that's, or, what be, I, and that's exactly. or be alienated. Yeah. That's another thing too. That's also mm-hmm. be a tool for stopping violence because social alienation is a lot more powerful than what you think it is. Yeah. You know, if not everyone decides not to contact somebody or communicate with them, then it's like a whole different story. You know? mm-hmm. and I, which is what I was going to kind of go to, I guess, to kind of answer this, the accountability question. Cause I think it's something I still struggle with. I always like, I always kind of play devil advocates. Like what if somebody does not care what I have to tell them? What if somebody does not care what I'm saying or what my values are? And I think it's very important that we collectively uh, make sure that we are on the same page as men. Like, you know, you can't, I don't think you can influence somebody when, you know, they have enough influence in their life to think they're same ignorance, right? You know, let's say, you know, we, me and Mike, we have a, a friend who we're trying to make sure needs to be accountable, not only actually against women, but countless other things. And they still have the same influences outside of us to our re- reaffirming that these are the correct beliefs they should have. You know, we're not exactly changing much. First of all, maintaining that friendship isn't going to do anything for anybody in the first place, but we're not, we're not, we're not effectively trying to show that like hey this and what you do first of all what you're doing is unacceptable one mm-hmm. and two like you know you need to fix your way this is not the society that we need to grow in i think we have to work especially with younger kids so they don't end up in an older situation where they're hard to change because i think we all could agree that's hard to change an old man than a young boy um i, I, I think so i think once people get to a certain age they're almost stuck in their ways and i, I won't get into that fully mm-hmm. but i think it's very important that we not only educate um, our younger brothers and our brothers, even our peers, about what's actually going on. Because it's one thing to just tell them. It's one thing, but it's another thing to tell them, like, this is what's going on. There's no ifs, ands, or buts. And this is what needs to be done to ensure that this is not happening amongst you, people you know, your friends, and everything else. You need to be accountable for that. Because I think us just saying, oh, you can't be violent against women, 
it's like, oh, I don't do that anyway, so I must be straight. It's like, no, this is happening, mm-hmm. and this is what needs to be done to make sh- sure that this isn't happening within your spaces. Because if you can't acknowledge the problem and try to give the solution, no one's going to take the solution. And at, once, at some point in time, that problem is going to manifest, and they're not going to think two cents to attach that solution you gave them to the problem. You have to show the problem and the solution. I'm saying a solution like I gave a solution technically, which I didn't. But I think a very baseline is do not be violent against women. I don't think it's something hard. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. I think it's fundamentally just not to be violent against women. Mm-hmm. I don't think I need to explain the steps you need to take that. I think it's just just be stance there. But, hey, but when, you yeah, have a, when you have an insecure identity, when, you mm-hmm. need someone to put down to make yourself feel up. Um, and I guess to part two to Corey's question, and I think Corey was referring to the relationship against black men and black women when it talks about these type of violence. Am I correct, Corey, or did I miss? No, no, no. You're correct. Which I think, I think, I think is a bit tougher um, because I think – what happens a lot is people try to denounce the problem more than acknowledge it. Accepting it as a majority or minority problem, I think, is irrelevant. If the problem exists, it's a problem, mm-hmm. and it should be we should work to the solution that we're looking for, right? Mm-hmm. Um, and I think um, if there – and this, I guess, kind of goes back to that – so not social alienation, but that, that atmosphere of being consistent amongst you and the people mm-hmm. in your circle. I mean, if there's something – I don't think people are saying this without truth, Right. It's not like it's not only that they're not seeing it in media, but it's also happening in some form of life in their mm. spaces. So if we can't, in our microcosm sense, change the people in our circles to say, hey, even if they've, they've done these things, to have them acknowledge their faults and work to, like Corey said, to grow as a person, uh, we can't, rep- we can't, I don't know how, how we repair that relationship. Because we can't, if we, if we can't acknowledge um, people who've even done these type of uh, egregious acts can't acknowledge that what they've done was, wasn't justifiable and that they hurt somebody. Cause I think that's the, the one component that they actually hurt somebody. Mm. Right. And that's something people, people always want to play the victim. Right. Especially men. Sometimes they want to, uh, no, no, I was, you know, I was about to be hurt. The stand the third bag of chips, whatever. They don't acknowledge that, you know, their actions had repercussions and it was affecting somebody mm. and they can't accept that they're, they're at fault for something. Exactly. And so I think once we as a collective not only, you know, recognize the problem and hold people accountable and create that social sphere where there's not really a tolerance for this, you know, that that belief that, you know, men, um, like, I think I'll hear all the time, like, you know, men hate black women, blah, 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 you know, I won't say blah, 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 but I'm saying, mm-hmm. you know, this, that, and the third, and that, that happens constantly, you know, it, for it to not to be true, we have to act as if you know we are better than what's being said we have to carry ourselves to be better actions matter not you know how much you deny you know you can deny it (laughs) and we could talk about it and that's very important but you know and it's not going to happen in a blink of an eye you know there needs to be a consistent pattern of behavior that shows that this is what you're about you know so so i think you know and i think people just underestimate the influence they have on the people around them Mm-hmm. Well, also a lot of people are also afraid, especially other men. You know, are commonly afraid of male violence too, as well, mm-hmm. and male aggression. Um, people forget, like we're all one, we're all human, so we all want you know to be live, live peaceful and like happy lives too. At the same time, and people don't want to have suffering in their lives like that because like a man would see like you know if hypothetically, hypothetically, if a man would see like his his male friend you know hit his girlfriend or something like that. You know, he's not, he may not be so quick to stop it or question it or even comment on it. More so just passively, you know, not contesting that his friend because he doesn't want to think that, then he might turn and do that against me as well or I don't want to have beef with him or, you know, I don't want to break up my connection with him as well. Mm-hmm. So he really into, like, 
you know, looking. I mean, you're seeing it, but you're kind of like you know, morally looking the other way. If that you know, you're, yeah. you know, becoming empty morally, just just to justify keeping that, that friendship that you like with a certain certain person, you know. Mm-hmm. And that's a problem too. Like you know, fear of violence is definitely attached to fear because a lot of people see violence as like an equalizer too. You know. Yeah. I mean, it's what, what happens when people can't agree on something. Or the, yeah, yeah, yeah. Like with discourse, it's like, oh, I guess we got to fight it out to see who's actually right. As yeah, if you uh, know, if you have the superior dominance, then mm-hmm. you must be right in in your <laughs> thought process of what you're talking about. If when you need, they don't have relations. Exactly. You know, if bro, you need that, to... bro, that's like saying ball don't lie. <laughs> no, that, that's <laughs> a thousand percent what it can't is. Shoot. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Why well, he had to act that dude? Poor shit. And so if you need, but no, I I I agree. Mm-hmm. I agree with what y'all all said. I think you know what I hope this podcast and particularly this episode can do for the black women listeners that we have is be a reminder that these conversations are happening, right? This accountability is happening. There are black men telling other black men when they think that they're wrong, right? There are black women, I mean, black men acknowledging wrongdoing and letting their friends, their other black male friends know. Um, and, And I hope that, you know, we can continue to have these conversations that do that because I think a lot of times, you know, the people that are responding on Twitter are the trolls, right? If I see something wrong, I'm going to call y'all or I'm going to call my other friends. I'm not going to go respond to the tweet, right? And so I, I think we see, we sort of see, Steven might respond to the tweet, right? I but might, I might still turn gonna, him up. But I'm still hit Steven y'all going to still call his, uh, yeah, he's still going to hit everybody else up, right? Um, but I think for the most part, there's sort of this hyperinflation of people that are going to respond to the tweet with something wild. And the people that are actually having the accountability type conversations are reading the tweet, you know, copying and screenshotting the tweet and having mm-hmm. the conversation off off social media. So I just want this conversation to be a reminder to black women, like, yo, these conversations are happening, right? They're happening in large number because I have multiple of them, right? You, mm-hmm. Y'all two aren't the only ones that call me. Yeah, right? we, got, we all have multiple friends circles, mm-hmm. so... Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. We all get calls and we all have these conversations and, you know, they're all about what we need to do and what we can do better. Um, And so I just I just want that to be to be known and to be heard. Yes, there are, you know, people that we still got work on. There's brothers that we still got to bring in. Um, But but in large part, you know, these conversations are still happening and, and we do acknowledge the wrong. Mm-hmm. That's what encourages there, and you gotta, resi- you gotta go over that resistance to change, and you know, and you know, I agree with you, Corey. Um, I think we can, we can only think, only thing I think that we can do better at is like you know more organizing with people being who vo- think like vo- us, you know, and being vo- vocal about it. Being I vocal, think that's, yeah, if there's, and if like any saying, critique, I think we get the most is our lack of voc- vocality about certain things. The perception of numbers is is important. Yeah, mm-hmm. I agree, I agree, and that's what stops a lot of people from doing anything too, because they think like, dang, because like when you're born into a society that already has this, like, dang, this is normal. I'm mm-hmm. not going to change everybody's minds. I just need to learn to survive in this world. Yeah. You know, and they're inside, they're like, they have like that kind of the island perception. Like, I'm just by myself. I'm not even going to go bother. I might as well go back to the shore, like with everybody else. You know, I think I, I think I'm too differently thinking this, you know, like if I'm mm-hmm. the only person around me thinking that, dang, you shouldn't be hitting women, I might as well just either join them or just passively just try to ignore it my whole life. Yeah. Not giving really reason why I'm doing anything. That really creates identity crisis in the people, you know. We don't really, we don't really make a stance either or on something. And then um, you can live yeah. in neutrality. Exactly. We got to start like an organization, nonprofit, whatever you name it. Like just be able to spread messaging more so. And in the social media age, we can do a lot more easily than you can any reach other a lot time. More people. Yeah. Easily. And That's like overnight, point. you can be, reach a lot more people. I think it's needed now more than ever. Yeah, that was good. It was a great conversation. Sure. Yeah. <laughs> I'm screaming. Look, look at that. Great conversation. Great conversation. 
we, we, you know, we're, and we're right. always open to criticism, which I know we'll still get. Open to you know, discussion, discussion. Always, it's, I mean, it's always there. Um, Look, I'm, I'm waiting for the feedback after this episode. My oh, no, 100%. Fully, char- the, the fully charged. The feedback so is ready. ready. I think they're writing notes down as we speak. <laughs> as we speak. It's time for our, you know, our favorite segments. So where are we going? Everybody's favorite segment? I think I think we're a little biased to the later latter segments. <laughs> as soon as y'all, it gets all, to- y'all, all, y'all always out here skipping segments, man. We got... Plug we plugging the plug, plug first? That's what I'm saying. I said lighter segments, you know? That's all, like last two. Oh, like these okay, two, okay. these two, yeah. Yeah, no, I was just... Steven, I was, Steven, Steven was ready for his song. No, no, <laughs> I, I did a kid's cheering, yo, because I like I like the thing you posted in the group chat. So I was giving them some love first, you know what I'm saying? We got to show okay. love to plug a plug, not just for Pastor Hawks. Exactly, mm-hmm. exactly. So what we got? Um, so this week uh, for Plug a Plug, um, I just heard about this business. Um, one of my good friends, uh, I believe, recently launched um, this business. So uh, dope black woman um, doing uh, some dope things. So the business is called Refine Home Decor. Um, the link between physical space and mental space, bold home decor and essentials. So I know there's a bunch of people moving out their mama house, you know, people moving back into dorms and back into apartments. Mm-hmm. Um, don't don't let your walls be bare. I'm screaming. Make sure you put something on your tables and your shelves. Um, so bold, I mean, refine home decor, um, bold home decor and essentials. Find them on Instagram at shop refine. S H O P R E F I G N. So refine home decor spelled R E F I G N at shop refine on Instagram. That's dope. I see the business. I see, I see the idea. I see the idea. And it's really dope. I'm going to get the pictures right now, actually. Shoot. Once I get the crib, if I'm, is it only CT or is it? Because I see, I got a, we got a website. I think, but, but you you can order it. So. Oh, you can order it. Okay, that means we're going yeah, global. Yeah, yeah. We're going global. That's what I like to see. Congratulations to her. I really like the idea and the concept. That's really cool. Shout out to Love. We get a round of applause for her. We still got a round of applause? Is there this one? There we go. That was a little loud. That was a little loud. <laughs> I'm going to play with the sound quality after the pod. <laughs> so get that down. Um, now... It's the one and only Pastor Ox. We're going to get that audio. Once we get that audio, yo, it's a wrap. Oh, I'm excited. Shout out to Dasio for real. We got to pass the Ox. Yo, we, yo, we, we got to release what we got so far for the playlist because the, I'm telling you, I listened to it twice in the car now. It's valid. It's valid. Right. We got to stop teasing. Really, we got to stop teasing at this point, man. You got teasing this week? We doing it this week? Yeah, we could we could make a, a preliminary graphic. I'm down for, for that teaser, and then yeah, I'm down for that. We might have to do that. That yeah. works. I'm here. All right, who going first, man? Who got it? I go first. Yeah, Corey, what you know about Toby, man? I'm screaming. Oh, God. see, every yeah, week you know, week, man. That was my guy last year, man. That album that you playing the song off was fantastic. Ten out of ten. No, it was valid. It was valid. Um, so as Mike said, the artist I chose this week is Toby. Mm. Um, again, real smooth vibe. Mm. Um, I think that the first time I listened to him, I don't know if I was like cleaning my apartment and I was like, yo, hold on, pause this song and start it and start the joint over. <laughs> um, but um, I really like the album, I really like the song. Uh, so Toby, uh, holiday, let me know, for me looking in your tender eyes. Letting goes hard for me. Let me love you one more time for you go. Yeah. For you go. Yeah. For 
Okay, Corey. You go. Look, I don't, I don't know where your anonymous sources are this week, but for the past three weeks, man, I've been up there. So you've um, been up there. Wait, who told you that? This is self-reflection. You're. I don't care what your anonymous sources say. I'm telling. I mean, you. I haven't spoken to them recently, um, so I'll get a follow up and see if they agree with your your statement, and we can go from there. I'll, I'll, I'll go next. Mm-hmm. I'm, gonna, I'm gonna let you wrap it up. I like the song you picked a lot. Um, my song. I went. I went a little bit new. Um, I got a song called Feds. Off the EP, God Bless the Children, I believe. So we got Nick Grant and Tay the Beast. And ladies and gentlemen, here it is. Cleaning the crib, I'm here styling on them. Now iron on me, I wig. Fans bugging your spot, niggas raiding where you live. You know the stakes high when you making it on the strip. I talked to the blind man, he told me what he saw. The deaf nigga told me that he was listening to his heart. It's shocking, they ain't hip to the plug, my shit is raw. I've been hopping out the socket since Tracy Ellis Ross. Uh nasty, I'm repulsive, I'm the grossest. Got the chopper at your dough like a witness from Jehovah. Put my love in the culture, got no love from the culture. Now I dance with the devil at the wedding, singing devotion. I like my bitches either real ghetto or too famous She wanna try me, I tell her find a cute angle Time tells all, you soon find out who's hating Always the ones closest, never the few strangers How you living, nigga? Bitch, I'm in the building, somebody switched the decor All the competition gets zipped and shipped to the morgue My auntie used to say that baby done been here before If the money need along, then I'm trying to go get some more All these niggas all in your business, that ain't business I watch a dark time turn light, I am vivid Nigga, you don't get the credit if your man did it Yeah, they skating when they bored out them dirty vans with it No, I'm not the shooter, but trust I'm forever guarded Split you down the middle like when labels fuck the artists Nigga, please, I wanna be Master P Ain't no limit, I get paid like an athlete Big business, ho, fuck you if you're mad at me I tell a bitch to get to stepping like some cap of feet Hey, that's my cue, dog. I'm too raw, too hard From where Chevelle's a two-tone Packing like a group home I'm the southern Snoop Dogg From where you take a life to save a life Keep your group on, never is the truth wrong I go dumb as two blondes All up in your home And we don't give a fuck about who home Everything I This is, actually, it's Feds God Bless the Child, Not the Children EP Nick Grant and Tay Beast. Um, so go check them out. Really dope EP if you get the chance. I really like, used to rock. I used to really, really rock where Nick Grant came from. Mm-hmm. Oh, he's valid. Yeah, I like that song a lot. Um, so we close off. I decided to pick a new song. You know, my man Big Sean's back. I don't, you know, I've been Big a fan. Sean? Yeah, he's I not like Medium Sean no more. 
Uh, yeah, people were haters, you know. I don't, th- I don't think his music. I think when he he made some really good albums. No, know? absolutely. Yeah, he, he definitely has songs that are like good, especially when he talks about some real some real life stuff, um, like he does on his next song. So this is his latest single off of his new album, Detroit Two. Um, this is Deep Reverence featuring the great and late Nipsey Hussle. Rest in peace, Nipsey Hussle. Man, Big Sean always come with the truth, man. Always come with the vulnerable rap, man. He be talking about his whole life on there. Yeah, I mean, he from he's going through a lot. Man. No wonder why we didn't hear from him for like three, four years, honestly. It was, I decided it was his last project. Yeah. Oh, no, he had the Metro Boomin one, didn't he? I don't count that one. I was I, saying, I you really, getting <laughs> I didn't really like it. Either. Yeah, I mean, you it was there, but yeah. Oh, man, that was a good song, though. I'm glad he's back on his he's back on his stuff as he should be. Um, but yeah, no, this is a really good episode. Really good episode. Um, I see the once again. There's um a lot of protests going on. Mm-hmm. Um, there's riots um, that are going on as well, um, justifiable, I should add as well. Um, so continue, you know, my support is always with the people that are oppressed, the people who are protesting because, you know, people don't go outside and protest for no reason. You know, people don't leave work, you know, stand outside for hours, create banners, create, try to make change because, you know, it is not justifiable. Um, so, you know, I stand with the protest, especially in Wisconsin, Kenosha, um, got arrested two souls that died recently. Um, I just read that they actually charged the um, boy uh, with six different charges, which is crazy because, you know, we still can't get, you know, charges for Breonna Taylor, but we won't talk about it on this on today's um, episode. Yeah, Attorney General at the RNC. Yeah, RNC. Republican convention. Smiling. Blast. Um, black, so. black community in turmoil for months, and he's smiling and waving. Yeah, he just, I think they, they hit him with six charges, but let's see how this actually carries out. Um, oh, I don't know how that was, but <laughs> how that carries out into actual conviction. Um, but you know, I hope everybody's staying safe and doing what they can. And of course, you know, do your part to bring about meaningful change. And I think that's the most important thing. Mm-hmm. Yeah, um, absolutely. Uh, prayers out to the family of uh, Jacob Blake. Mm-hmm. Um, it's uh, with everything that's going on right now. Uh, I think the the kids were at the scene. Um, so you know, uh, they'll likely have you know trauma, unfortunately, for for a long while. So prayers out to that family. Um, certainly. So, amen, amen. Um, apparently, they said they got him handcuffed to his his hospital bed. Yeah, and he paralyzed. It's <laughs> a crazy world we live in. I'm not even. I'm not even add to it. Um, Corey gonna hit us with the bened- his benediction. <laughs> Look, um, um, episode twenty eight. Um, we still got to sit down and plan out what we doing for episode thirty. We slacking. We gonna get on it. I promise. Thanks. Um, but make sure um you continue to like, rate, subscribe. We're going to hear some reviews after this because we got a studio audience today. Facts. Um, but continue to like, rate, subscribe, review. Uh, follow the Instagram page at AD Convos. Make sure you tell your auntie to tell her cousin to tell her god sister to tell her best friend. 28, there's a party coming for 30, for 30 or a link up or a, a live episode or something coming for 30. Um, so <laughs> look, so be on. we're about to use house party. Be on the lookout. Yeah. <laughs> Be on the lookout, man. Uh, episode 28, After Dinner Conversations. Thank y'all for listening. Amen. They want your reign to cease. You a king, you will be next to me doing your own kingship, most definitely. We're so say less when I speak. Y'all estrogen speak. Respected by kings only. Address me as chief. Invested in things only a vet would. Only lames run on kings. That's expected from creeps. You mad at my niggas and any woman with interest in me. You could have made it. You was good. Look at all the time wasted. Now
Now you gotta retract statements Should've stuck to the basics All you had to do was tell the truth Like, fuck all the fake shit You should want every brother to make it out But brothers want trophies they troll for clout Rap is weird, weird flex, but okay You ain't as ill as you think, you just okay You got press in the hood, fix your jibs up I'm on top, stop fighting it Yo, stop with the over-righteousness, it's so lame This media circus, greedy and worthless, my life Got them tight, why they wanna see me hurt up? Why me? Real kings everywhere, stand up And come with the game